Thanks for joining us online today. We're really glad you're with us. Yeah, Core Church is a place of hope, healing, peace, and purpose. And we want you to come see us at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can be of any support to you, we'd love to connect with you. There's lots of links in the description below, whether that's prayer or support in any way. We pray that this message is going to both encourage you and inspire you. So what we're going to do today is we're stopping today to reflect back on 2022 and all of the amazing things that God has done in our church. And when I say church, the church means the people in the lives of the people. You're going to hear some stories today from our people of just how God has been so faithful through some very difficult times. We're going to worship together in song. Uh, we're going to see a, a celebration video of all that God's done in our church in 2022. But why not start off the new year with a baptism? That's what we yeah. want to do. Yeah. Woo! So I'm excited. This is a this is a, a longtime member. Ember has been with uh, a part of Core for a long, long time. Her husband Brian and their family. And today is a very special day for her as she's being baptized. It's been a really tumultuous couple of years. It's been really faith shaking. But no matter how dark the trials I've gone through have been, God kept me alive and guided me through it. I look back through the last few years and I can see where God deliberately placed people. I call them lamp holders. In front of me when I couldn't see to find my way out of the darkness. When I was scared and I didn't think I was going to survive it. To pray with me and to speak life and strength into me when I couldn't do it on my own. To share their testimonies with me so I could still be used. So now I'm ready. I can stand on my own again. I'm so grateful for God's grace and the people he's placed in my life. People who were influential in my decision to follow Jesus and be baptized were Paula, my husband, Ryan, and my sister-in-law.
Church Online. Savior, what you recognize is He is the one who will save me. He will wipe every tear from my eye. There will be an end to this season. There will be a breakthrough and victory will come. Man, that guy can preach. Oh, that is celebrating 10 years. This, uh, this marks 10 years of Core Church. It's been unbelievable. And so what we're going to do now is we're going we're to talk about how uh, God is moving in the lives of so many of our people. And this is Liz. You guys may or may not know Liz. So you see these people on stage all the time. Eliza and I were talking to them before service. Um, it's funny, when you get up on stage, we suddenly, uh, whoever's on stage is no longer human. Uh, we don't have problems. Nothing, I mean, we're just, nothing goes wrong for us. And it's bizarre because when I'm sitting in the seats, the same thing happens to me. I see people on stage and I think, man, their life is, is great. And every once in a while, we get to kind of peel back the curtain a little bit and look into people's lives, and this has been an incredible journey for you. I'm honored that you're going to share, and I know how hard this is for you to share today. Uh, but let's, let's start first. You're not from Oklahoma. You're not an Oklahoma girl. Nope. <laughs> I'm from New York, and I can't say y'all, so <laughs> we say you guys, so thanks. <laughs> Stay here long enough, we will break you in. It's You're trying. Coming. Yeah. Trying. <laughs> it's coming. So you, you, you live in New York. What brings you to Oklahoma? How did you end up in Tulsa? Yeah, I was, I was born and raised in New York. I went to school at Syracuse University. I didn't watch the basketball team. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I started a family there. Uh, and... Uh, our family went through some chaos on my side and on um, my husband at the time's side. And I personally was going through that first step. Um, a huge part of my life is recovery. I'm very involved with ABBA, Celebrate Recovery. And I look back at that time, this was 2019, springtime, and that was my first surrender where I said, okay, God, uh, you're in control, not me. Um, and at the same time, my ex-husband was going through some similar steps uh, of his own. And a couple months later, uh, he, his grandfather was from Enid, Oklahoma, and he passed away and he came down, uh, 
He was living in Tulsa at the time that he passed. And my uh, husband came down here for his funeral. And by the time he came home, he felt like we needed to move to Tulsa. And uh, I don't know. God was working on my heart the whole time. I didn't really know why or what. I was having a really interesting week while he was gone, just spiritually with some things. And when he came back and told me that, I, I said, I know. Oklahoma once, uh, so I had I had nothing. I had no fa- I have no family here, no friends. I just knew I couldn't couldn't say no. So we were here three weeks later. So you get to Oklahoma, um, but it doesn't really go as you had hoped. Because um, when you got here, that's when your your family uh, just kind of fell apart on you. Yeah, over the course of about two years, we tried to uh, resolve our chaos uh, and ended up going through a divorce, And but God provided me a forever family here in the meantime uh, and here. So, uh, yeah. That's what's so great. Uh, just to pause, push pause for just a moment. This is why we gather. Um, we forget. I, I, I feel like we have, I feel like the church has forgotten how to be a family. Uh, I grew up, that's what church was. You went into church, it was just family. That's just what it was. Um, but we forget we are brothers and sisters in Christ. The, the blood, I, I'm not, this, the blood of Christ runs through our veins and we are related to one another, to our forever family through Jesus. Come on, turn to somebody and tell them we're family. We are, we're family. We're family. So this is your family. You come and family is here for you during that time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am, I am richly blessed with a large family now. I never grew up with one uh, so big. And uh, yeah, the whole reason why I'm here at CORE is because of family. Uh, the I was in the middle of not divorce yet, but separation, and uh, something happened at the church I was going to, and I was I reached out for prayer. These guys are family. Everybody here on stage, we're family. We don't just get up here and sing and play instruments. We talk throughout the week. We make fun of each other a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, they told me don't suck this morning. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, we're family, so I reached out to prayer and uh, said, I, I just don't know what to do. I, the, the, the man who was leading my household, I couldn't rely on him to do that, and I was trying to rely on God to do that, and he used my family, and I woke up the next morning and, and uh, to a text message from Corey, and he said, hey, what do you think about coming to church with your family? Oh, wow. I was like, duh. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I came in here wow. in through the doors, which I had been to Corey a few times um, and I, I walked in and my whole family was here <laughs> and I didn't have to explain why I was here they knew why and I could just be in that emotion I couldn't talk to anybody it was a really hard day and nobody was like are you okay? You know, they just said I'm so happy you're here yeah. we love you so 
you're going through a divorce, but uh, on top of that, you, you brought something with you from New York that is that you're still struggling with, even, even present day. Yeah, um, I have always had and struggled with depression. It's a huge part of my life. And I did not always deal with it well. Um, this is so surprising, by the way. Um, I think sometimes the people that we think are least likely to, that they would, they don't, they never get discouraged. Can I tell you that those are probably the people that get most discouraged because I know you see Liz on stage and you see her singing her heart out, but the reason she's singing her heart out is because of the God who has been there for you. And I would just look at you on stage and think, there's no way, there's no way that you would struggle with that. He's my rock. And when I'm on stage, it's the same as when I worship at home. It's it's just my relationship with him. Crap, I knew I was going to do something <laughs> stupid. <laughs> I told him. I warned him. I said, they you told really you, want me They to told speak? you not to suck. Is, yeah, and, dang it. And uh, I have this, you know, I, this is what I love about you, though, is because, like, like old school Bible, she's got the journal, she's got like 30 notes, and we sat down, we said, what do you want to talk about? And she goes, and I was like, wow. I mean, but I love that because you just scribble everywhere. Like one of the words you put in here uh, that you showed me was uh, obedience. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's a huge part of my life as well. And it kind of goes hand in hand with depression. So I did not do well with depression on my own. I uh, used lots of different Band-Aids to try to fix that. And I don't know. I don't know what's, what's in store for the rest of my life with depression. Um, I don't know if it'll ever go away, but I do know that, that, that Jesus has been a huge healer in that area of my life. And uh, it looks a lot different now. So he put music back into my life to be and used my depression. I write music. I don't just sing. I, I write music. I'm in an original band with... Corey, Craig, and Tim, and we write faith-based music that all spawns out of this emotion of depression. That has a great name, too. Yeah, Red Letter Chain Gang. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and it, they, uh, it, so what you may not know is Liz and a lot of these guys, they perform around town uh, in different venues, so you can actually go see them out on the weekends performing. Uh, out in, what I love is you go to those places where I think Jesus would be, uh, hanging out with people that that others would stand outside and say, "Why are they? Why would they be? Why would they be in that place? Why would they?" And I'm like, I, I think that's the best place you can be because you you were when Laura and I went and saw you guys perform. You were like sharing your testimony. I was like, I was getting uncomfortable. I'm like, this is kind of like a barn. You're sharing your testimony, and I is this church? And you just kind of turned it into a church. And I was like, well, you go, girl. We're going to church here right now. Um, no, I'm, I'm. That's that's. Uh, part of the project is just being raw and open and vulnerable. And I've been in a couple different projects where we get up on stage, we do our thing, and everybody's like, yeah, good job, you're awesome. But the conversations stop there. And with Red Letter Chain Gang, uh, when we do our original music, because we, we do some Led Zeppelin too, I'm not going to lie, you know. <laughs> We've done some other things, but we do our original. And she does a really mean Pat Benatar. Uh, <laughs> Laura I'm was like, loving it. She I was, was like, out of her seat. <laughs> dang, girl. <laughs> so cute. But uh, when, when we get done with, with, the, with Red Letter Chain Gang, the conversations are different. People say, 
you were talking about cycle breaking. I'm a cycle breaker too. And wow. I said, I'm so wow. happy to meet you. And I've had, I've had three relationships spawn off of that. Wow. Uh, just meeting people at shows and then people ask, where do you go to church? Where you talked about recovery, what is that? I, I'm, the, the conversations are endless in that regard. They're so different. So um, that's just one, oh, oh, I have to do that because that's the, number one, that's the gift that God gave me. Number two, it's the struggle that God gave me. And I believe that he has purpose in every single part of that. And I just want to give it to him to be used however he wants to use it. And you said that the sending prayer that you actually, she actually has it printed out um, that she says, uh, and put it on the screen. This is our sending prayer. Why has this been so impactful in your life? This is so impactful because I had already been praying this prayer for much of my adult life. Um, it, I, Elizabeth Elliot, you might know her. She had um, a prayer that she loved by Betty Scott Stam, who was a missionary in China, and she ended up getting beheaded. I think that was a story with her husband uh, doing the work of Christ, but she. Betty Scott Stam wrote a similar prayer, and it you, I'll read it, and you can kind of look for echoes in our sending prayer, maybe. She says, Lord, I give up all my own plans and purposes, all my own desires and hopes, and accept thy will for my life. I give myself, my life, my all utterly to thee, to be thine forever. Fill me and seal me with thy Holy Spirit. Use me as thou wilt. Send me where thou wilt. Work out thy whole will in my life at any cost, now and forever. And I, I don't know, I can see several echoes uh, with the lead me to the hurting, the hopeless, the lonely, and the discouraged. And I am available and willing to be used for your glory and honor. Thank you for being so vulnerable. Because in a room like this, uh, we come in, it's hard, isn't it, to really be open and honest. What I love about core groups, if you're not in a group, you need to get into a group where you can really be around people and you can be open and honest and see that um, none of us are perfect, but, but God is triumphing over the depression in your life. He's triumphing over the, the scars, healing you. And tell us you're going to sing. Tell us a song that you chose, which is one of my favorite songs these past couple of years. We didn't rehearse that either. I just, it's beautiful. I just love that. I told yeah, Eric, no. I was like, I don't know what to pick. And then uh, it just came so clearly to me. We're going to be singing Rock of, uh, Rock of Our Salvation. <laughs> I know you love it. <laughs> um, and that's so true. That, that was the study through all the uncertainty in the tr huge transitions in my life the past three years after I said, you know, Lord, I surrender this. He said, okay, we going. <laughs> we going to Oklahoma. And now you're going to go sing. And you're going to go sing here. You're going to sing that. You're going to do this. And I'm still here. I'm here always. I always have been. And I always will. And that's why you can just trust me. All right, let's let you sing. Will you thank Liz for sharing? As she's getting ready to sing, one of the things that was exciting this year is she was baptized. We baptized Liz. Watch this video. This is some video of Liz's baptism. Okay, this is the testimony of Liz Zada. The first question in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is what is man's chief end? The answer, to glorify God and love him forever. 
There has never been a day that I don't remember believing in God. My first prayers were full of faith and hope that God would change the circumstances around me. I have actively attended and was a member of a church every Sunday through adulthood. But I can say for certain I did not have a personal relationship with Jesus. I had religion. I wore a mask to hide my sin and as a result I carried around guilt and shame for years. When I was 28, I found myself in complete chaos and called out and surrendered that mask and guilt and shame to the one who could save me. Since that moment, I have been learning how to walk in obedience to God and let him rule my life. Part of that obedience was moving from my home in New York to Oklahoma, where I knew no one. Three years later, I am blessed to be involved with Abba Celebrate Recovery and Core Church and now joyfully serve on several different music ministry teams. Last year, I was able to attend the baptism of my younger sister, and the Lord started whispering in my ear about my own baptism. I was baptized as a baby, and I never really considered doing it again. But this is not about me, it's about Him. It's about declaring the faith that I have always had and dedicating myself to Him and how He wants to use me. It's about obedience. I want to thank my mom for always being a woman of faith, Pastor Tom and Chriselle from New York for guiding me out of the chaos, Pastor Buddy and Alicia for their leading at Celebrate Recovery, my fellow worship team members and friends at CR, and for being my forever family and my accountability, and for my sister for being here today and for being an example of how to walk out your faith. I declare that I love the Lord and pray I can glorify Him in all that I do. Sali Deo Gloria. So I want to invite uh, Travis and Jen to come. Uh, some of you, most of you know Travis and Jen. And they're going to share a little bit of their journey and their story. Travis is a reluctant one. He likes to be back there behind the screen where no one sees him. And we're going to put a microphone in front of his face today. So he's super excited about that. And um, you'll hear through this journey, it's amazing. This is Jen's first time back singing in how long? How long have you? Four months. Four months, four or five months, wow. So a lot of you know uh, parts of their, their story that all culminated in a beautiful little miracle this year. But let, let's start um, before the miracle, before this beautiful baby boy, Judson, incredible name, best baby name ever, I think, even better than our kids. I don't know. That's just a great name. It's just such a great name. Um, but let's go back to, uh, you guys, originally, you weren't going to have kids. Like, when you first got married, you were like, not, what was that? Talk to me about well, that. Well, I mean, we wanted kids, but in the first year in our marriage, I would say, uh, it hit the fan, <laughs> if you know what I mean. 
and uh, it just wasn't in the cards for us relationship-wise um, for a long time. And I feel like that's probably the, the greatest miracle in my life is how much he's healed our marriage. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we, for me, I just I grew up in a divorced family and just a lot of just, yeah, it was toxic. Um, I didn't know what unconditional love was. I knew what Jesus, I knew about Jesus. I've been a follower for a long time, but I didn't, you can't, it's hard to grasp unconditional love if you don't get it from your parents. And so that's not what I got. It was always conditional. Um, So when we got married, I thought I had worked through a lot of stuff, but I hadn't. So I sort of just kept pushing. I was like, oh, if I push her hard enough, she'll leave and I'll be proven right. So wow. That's what I did, and it just, it took a long time, um, and I just had to work on myself. And there's uh, a lot of depression mixed in yes, there, too. Yes, I, I, it's a seasonal thing for me, so um, usually this time of year, I usually kick the year off feeling a little blue, so yeah, um, it's just something that I have to fight, and, you know, I find it, I do, um, I've been, as the years have gone on, I've got deeper and deeper in my relationship with Jesus, and it's definitely helped, um, helps a lot. <laughs> It's amazing the responsibility that we have. You're now parents, but the responsibility, mom, dad, that we have, and it's a lifetime responsibility of showing unconditional love, which is not always easy. Come on, somebody, anybody, not always easy. Um, And you're not going to, frankly, this side of heaven, get it right every time. You're just not. Every parent has failed. Come on, turn, turn to somebody and tell them, it's okay, we've all failed. It's okay, because we've all failed. This is so hard for so many, if not most parents. I, I don't know that I've ever talked to a dad one-on-one that a dad hasn't told me they feel like a failure. I mean, it just, it's just they all, it's, you know, well, I this, and then there was this, and there's this beautiful thing called grace that can come in and heal and restore and so you, you begin that way, um, and then you get to this place where you do want to have children. Uh, walk, walk us through a little bit of that journey. Well, at first we were kind of, we wanted to have kids, but we were afraid to do it because, well, we're afraid to have children because it was so good, and God had done so much in our lives, and we didn't want to mess up what God was doing. Right. Does that make sense? Like, <laughs> like thank you for the I blessing. I have four. But I have I four. Wanna, yes, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> I don't want to make, I, we've got something good here, and we're doing so great, and it's, let's just keep it like this. Yeah. And then mm. my dad passed three years ago, and everything kind of just said, like, you know, stop waiting and stop waiting for the perfect moment and the perfect, you know, life and, and everything. And, um, like because we're not given forever, right? We do have a certain time to make the most of what we have here on earth. And so we decided we need to do this. So um, we decided to start having children, you know, a child three years ago. So you decide we're yeah. going to have a family. And you get pregnant immediately. And you, I know. It, like, like immediately. And we were like, God is so good. My dad went to heaven and told the angels, like, this is what you got to do. And then. And that's probably, is that, I mean, it's kind of funny in a way, but you, kind of felt that way right we really did we were like this is like god is so good this is our because we had been through so much trauma and it felt so hard and it felt like this beautiful miracle after yeah such a big loss in our lives but then it wasn't to be no we were out in the hallway here about to get on stage and um i was like what's going on with my body and i called my doctor and he says you're having a miscarriage 
And so that was, and it was very early, but I had just felt so much like this was God's will for me and for us and a blessing. And so it was just really hard. And we don't talk about miscarriages a lot. It's really painful, right? Um, and so I just wasn't prepared for it. I think sometimes, um, and I've learned a lot um, from you guys, and I've learned from other families that I'm close to that have had a miscarriage. I don't know that I really like that word. Um, I get it, but it's a, it, it, if, if we believe that life begins at the moment of conception, yeah, yeah we believe life begins at the moment of conception. So I know so many of you women carry that with you and you're like, no one understands and it gets discounted. And you carry with you, and Travis, you as a dad, you carry with you a, a, a death, a death of a, of, a, of a child. That yes, one day, one day that, that, that child, I, I believe that no child is miscarried, that child is carried to heaven is what it is. It's carried to heaven. And, and I don't want to just, I've learned not to discount that kind of pain because it is a death. What was that? Travis, what was it like for you? Is it like, I'm going to be a dad? And Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, uh, because it happened so quickly, and, and we, you know, you get super excited, as you should, and, um, you know, it was like, a, it was a really big loss. Um, you know, it's something we carried for quite a while, um, just not understanding, you know, why. Um, why would this happen? You know, we've just experienced the death of her father, and now we're, now it's the death of our child and our dream, and um, where do we go from there? So that's really, it was a struggle for a while. So then you decide to go the route you actually fostered for a, a short time. I know we don't have a lot of time to talk yeah. about that, but you, there was a period there where you... Fostering, there was, we went to try infertility treatment, because, I mean, this is two years later, right, that this is still happening, and we still don't have a child, and I'm not getting younger, and so... Uh, I'm 37 now, so I just I knew that there's a you know time limit on these things, and so we were we were like God, you know, if you you don't want us to have our you know me to have a child, like we're not closing doors, like we're opening them. God, however you want to work through us, we're willing. And we felt God called us to do foster care, and so um, yeah, the foster care journey started, and it was beautiful. I mean, it was hard. I don't know if no one's ever fostered in here. It is very hard, um, but it was also what God called us to do. I just think it's so amazing that you both were so wide open to, do we adopt, do we foster? And you were just so open to whatever God would have for you. And, and then the day came when you were pregnant again. Uh, walk us through, um, it wasn't nine months until Judson was born. It was eight. Yeah, eight. eight Four eight, weeks early. Yeah. What, what, what was those, those eight months like after the journey you'd been on? Yeah, I think that we talked, I've talked about it a little on stage, like the anxiety was real. I mean, when you have something so precious, like in your grasp, and I think it continues because now I have a child walking, or not walking around, but laying around over there with Betty. He's really and, advanced, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'm, like, I'm just, like, you just, the anxiety is, I think, in the womb, and then, and then even out of the womb, you're just, you're a little worried. Um, so, I mean, there was a lot of anxiety in that I had gestational diabetes, I had high blood pressure, which led to preeclampsia. So there was a lot of, um, and he had a single umbilical. 
um, artery. I don't know if anyone knows what that is. It's very scary. So like lots of things kind of built up. So stop back that up just a little bit. The, the artery issue that you guys came across and you had felt that maybe was this going to be stolen from me? Yeah. I mean, it was really scary at first and she started just like, Hey, he's growing. Like, so we had to go to these visits every, you know, two weeks for the longest time. And, um, but I feel like this body and being here in worship kept me connected mm. to the promise. Mm. So, Travis, did you did you have any moments? I mean, what, for you, where you're like, is this is this really going to happen for me during those eight? What was that journey like for you? For me, I um, I'm as I was the one who told her that she was pregnant because I just had a feeling. So she was she had just gotten her COVID shot, and then um, okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Thanks for opening up that. <laughs> and so I just, I had told her, you know, she was. I right mean, now there's people going, that's what the problem was right there. Right. Well, I thought there's no way I've heard that this messes things up in your body. There's no way that I'm pregnant. Yeah. Um, it can't be. Baby, you're wrong. And I just told him I'm not taking a test. I'm not going to be disappointed again because we've taken a lot. Right. We had so much money in tests. So we. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just was like, I just kept telling her, that face, you know, that face. <laughs> so much money. <laughs> um, You're going to remind Judson of that every day of his life, aren't you? Oh, I'm, $500 easily. I'm, yeah. He's already working. I'm trying to get him to mow the grass already. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I was, I just kept kind of feeling like that sense of, yeah, we're pregnant. And um, I was... I didn't have as much anxiety as her. I think for me, I was just very confident that this was, mm. this was it. And this was the, the miracle and this was our dream. And, um, you know, that's just, I was praying about it daily and making sure that we did the things we needed to do to, because um, I, I cook all the food and, and making sure that. Uh, <laughs> they also don't need to know that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you, know, you don't with, follow him on Instagram, you should. Or maybe should not. No, you'll get hungry. Um, <laughs> but you know, making sure that I'm doing what I can to care for her and the child, and and um, for me that was just great, and it was a great time, and I loved it. <laughs> so then, this beautiful baby boy is born, but you even run into some complications even at his birth. Yeah, I mean, we had. He was in the NICU for five days, so that was really hard. Just that, I mean, if anyone's had NICU time, any time at all where you have to walk away from your child, it's very painful. Um, and then I couldn't make the walk to the NICU at the end of that stay. I just, I couldn't. It was too painful, and I knew something was wrong. And I had um, a bacterial infection in my abdomen from my C-section that I had had because of my long labor um, that led to the C-section. And so it was really scary. I mean, I was down and out. I had to depend on my husband. Like, thank God we have the relationship we do because he took care of Judson for the better part of a month um, while I just tried to recover from this terrible infection. So. But now, yeah. what's it like? How old is he now? How old is he? He's uh, six, four months. Four months. Yeah, he's four months. Yeah. Wow. It's beautiful. I will tell you that um, if you've gone through a loss, you know, like a great loss. Like there's, there's death in there. There's like a parent that you lose or a, a child. Um, and there's a loss that you feel that you did not know that you could feel. And that your heart can just drop, right? 
in the same way when you have a child, I didn't know, your heart can swell into just like this huge place that you didn't know even, you couldn't have imagined. And so it's amazing what we're capable of as humans in love. So the song you're gonna sing is Seasons. And I don't know what season you're in, but as we go into 2023, so often we're going through trials and struggles. We hope that it's only gonna be maybe a month or two months, maybe, might be a year. But it's, it's been Our almost been a, all of nine years. <laughs> yeah, it's been almost a decade. Yeah. Season, a, a decade of this for you. And I, I think it's important because in the moment, middle of that, you could have just walked away from your faith. You could have just said, forget it. You could have just said, I don't, I don't want to be in church. I don't want to be, I, I, this, whatever. My dad's gone now, this and these things. But what, um, coming out the other side of this season, uh, what has that done for you, those season that you were in for those nine years, and now that you're coming out and the light is shining? I mean, when we came back, um, it was this beautiful moment, and we were singing seasons, and um, I was just in the crowd worshiping. I love to worship where you guys are. It's the best place to be. And um, that song came on, and I just love it because it's something I've been singing for years, going, my season will come. God is good. He is faithful through these times, and he's working in our waiting, right? He's working under the surface, and he was doing beautiful things in our lives that I couldn't have imagined um, in that hurt. It was still beautiful. In my dad's death, that was still beautiful. There were so many relationships. There was so much beauty in those really painful pieces of my life and our lives. And I was over there in that corner <laughs> where Judson is now, and um, it got a little loud, <laughs> and he starts wailing, just screaming. And it was the most beautiful sound I think I could have ever imagined to be during that song, because it was like, Lord, you turn this, this is my sequoia. <laughs> and it was just such a, I was like wow. bawling, crying, and he was crying, and we were crying together, and, <laughs> and I had to walk him out. You know? yeah. but it was, was that Judson or Travis? I'm, I'm, uh, <laughs> both Travis of us. Travis was up here. <laughs> both of you. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it has been, um, the season is so much more beautiful because of that weight and because of that longing, um, and God did so much um, that I wasn't prepared for in it. Can we thank Travis and Jen for sharing? So a lot of you know Travis and Jen, been a part of our church. Uh, Jen sings on Sundays. Travis helps us so much. Everything, a lot of the, what you see on the screen, uh, Travis helps us with. This is Judson Wayne Miller. Now, that's a, that is that is an incredible onesie right there. That is you are. Oh, it's not a onesie. It's not a onesie. Oh, it looks like a onesie to me. Uh, that is a. Did you knit that? That is amazing. Okay. Yes, no, you did not. I know you didn't. Yeah. Wonderful mother. <laughs> oh, she said, I'm a wonderful mother. Of course I knitted it. She said, have nothing else to do. I don't know how you managed to pick out this name. I'm jealous of this name. I wish one of my boys was named this, like Judson Wayne Miller. I mean, that just sounds like a star is born on the stage, doesn't it? A starring Judson yeah, Wayne Miller. As oh, the next Jason Bourne. Oh, middle name What's your dad's put middle together? Name? Both of them. Judson is your dad's name. Wayne is your dad's oh, name. Love it, love it. Man, that's so great. Judson Wayne Miller. Oh, it's a miracle baby, by the way. How many of you know? How many of you remember that story? How many of you know the story? Huh? A lot of you don't know the story. 
I ain't, got, I ain't got time to tell the story. But our God does miracles. A mom and a dad who weren't a mom and a dad praying that they could be one day be a mom and dad, a lot, a lot, a lot of tears. A lot of hardships, a lot, a lot of setbacks. I, okay. What miracle do you need right now? I mean, like, it's impossible. Ain't gonna happen. I'm overwhelmed. Maybe you're thinking about your child and they're older and they don't know Jesus. You taught them the ways of Jesus. You dedicated them on a stage like this and they ain't following Jesus and it just looks impossible right now that they could ever come back. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's you're overwhelmed financially two weeks till Christmas and you ain't, ain't no way you can put Christmas presents under the tree. You know, you're like, that person needed a car. I need, a, I need, I need more than a car. So I, this is a representation of the miracle of our God. This is what our God can do. This is Luke, uh, uh, the, this Christmas story coming to life right before your very eyes, unable to have a child and suddenly with child. This is what God can do for you. Thank you for letting me preach that little sermonette, my friend. So we dedicate you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. May you grow in wisdom and favor and stature for both people and God. Amen. Amen. Turn to somebody and encourage them and tell them your, your season's going to come. Your season is coming. Your season is coming. God has planted a seed in you. And if God has planted a seed in you, he will see it through to harvest. That's why we follow Jesus. That's why we, we choose not to follow the ways of the world because you plant a seed in the world and it doesn't always happen. Sometimes it does. Sometimes something amazing happens, but, but when, you plant, when, when God plants that seed in you, he says, I will always bring it to harvest. Would you be seated for just a moment? We're gonna move into a time of prayer and the sacraments but as we do, what I'd like, for, I'd like for all of us to do this, would you grab a next step card in the chair back and on the front there in the, the baskets below you? But I'd like everybody to grab one of these next step prayer cards. And here's what I, I want all of us to do. Um, where it says prayer requests, and if, if you have a prayer request, I would love for you to place that on there. But what I really want you to do right now is what is it in 2022 that you can celebrate? I, I recognize and I realize that there are so many unanswered prayers. There's so many things that you're bringing into 2023 that, that you're hoping for, that you're believing for. But could, could we just stop for a moment on Celebration Sunday? Reflect back on 2022. Because the enemy wants you to think that that was a waste Nothing good came in 2022. Like for some of you, you might look back at 2022 and go, that was the biggest train wreck of my life. You gotta be kidding me. One, I can't find, what good would come from that? For some of you though, it may be, you go, I don't know which one to pick. There were so many good things. What I'd like for you to do is just write down one thing. What's one thing God I thank you for? and write that on that card. In 2022, God, I thank you for. What is it, one thing 
It might be huge. It might be massive. It might be the most amazing miracle ever. Or it might be just something simple that most people would miss. But in this moment, I see it, God. Just write that on that card. And here in a moment, I'm going to give you an opportunity to bring that. And we're going to, we're going to put these on, the, on these communion altars. Just lay it on these altars as a way of gratitude, as a way of saying thank you. These sacraments are why we are here. Because they represent life, life through Jesus. The bread representing his body. He, he walked the years like you walk the years. He saw the calendar flip like you see the calendar flip. And, and he walked it all perfectly so that we could walk in his shadow and, and we could, as they say, uh, walk in the dust of the rabbi and, and draw close to him and know that he understands every little thing and he can walk me through 2023. Amen? He's going to walk you through. You stay in the dust of the rabbi and he's going to walk you through this year. But that cup, it represents his blood. I was just reading about it in 2 Corinthians this morning. Like he came, he became, he who knew no sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. I have salvation. I have forgiveness and freedom because Jesus went to the cross. He took death's blow so that I, can't, I don't have to. My body's gonna die physically, but you ain't ever gonna die. You're never gonna, you're just gonna be ushered into the next life and receive our glorious bodies, as Paul says in that same chapter. That's what the cup represents, and I don't know what you need today, but would you just bow your heads for just a moment, and what is it that you, you need? Let's first start by looking at that card and just say thank you. Thank God. Say thank you, Father, for what you did for me in 2022. And now what is it you need as you prepare to come in this new year, do you, do you need hope? He says, hope can be renewed today through the power of my Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is waiting for you at the table, saying, come to me, all who are weary, and we'll give you some rest. The Holy Spirit breathing upon you today. Do you need healing for your soul? Maybe you need forgiveness. Maybe, maybe there's some things that you look at back in 2022. Maybe for you, you dysfunctional Family is your family. Maybe it's you and you say, man, I need forgiveness for my attitudes. I need forgiveness for my actions. I, I've hurt myself. I've hurt people around me. God says, come to the table. There's grace and there's mercy here at the table for you. Do you need peace? Maybe the holidays weren't as glorious as everybody makes it out to be. Maybe it was really difficult. Peace is waiting at this table. The Holy Spirit breathing his peace over you in the midst of a storm. Or maybe as we're beginning the new year, we're getting ready to go into core purpose with our groups and, and maybe you're like, I don't even know about signing up for that. There, I don't have gifts. I don't have it. But God's, God, I, I've already tried that and it didn't work out. But God says, I want to renew a purpose in you. I, you have breath. 
because you have a purpose and your life has meaning. Come to me and in me you'll find purpose and in me you'll find meaning. Father, thank you for this holy moment we have to come and consecrate ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope the message you heard both encourages you and inspires you. Yeah, we'd love for you all to come and see us at Core Church at 10 a.m. any Sunday. And if we can support you in any way or you'd like to get connected with us, there are links in the description below. Thanks again for joining us online.